0: I'm uh, not sure what happened right there. My, my recording just stopped. But I was about to say on 294, um, we have this cool interchange between Marcus and Marjorie where he confesses that he hates the beach. He hates the beach. And she kind of wonders about that, right? Um, and she says to him, uh, at first Marjorie smiled at him like she was going to start laughing. But then she stopped and her eyes turned serious. Are you scared of it? She asked. She let her fingers drift slowly from the edge of the map down to the wall. She rested her hand against the black stone necklace she wore every day. Yeah, I guess I am, Marcus said. He had never told anyone before. Marjorie says, my grandmother said that she could hear the people who went, who were stuck on the ocean floor talking to her, our ancestors. She was kind of crazy. Marcus, I love his response. That doesn't sound crazy to me. Shit, everybody in my grandma's church caught a spirit at one point or another. And here's a great line. Just because somebody sees or hears or feels something, other folks can't. Doesn't mean they're crazy. That's a, that's a, that's a great point, isn't it? We can easily write off things we don't understand. Uh, I think to our detriment sometimes. Um, I always want to make sure that I'm open. I'm open to the mysteries that are around me. Um, I love Hamlet when he tells Horatio in in, in Shakespeare's play, Um, I'm going to butcher the line, but basically it says, there's a lot more, there's a lot more around us than he he says this to Horatio. He says, Horatio, there's a lot more in life than your philosophy allows for, right? There's a lot more mystery in life than your philosophy allows for. I want to make sure that I'm open to mystery. And this is a great line about that, right? My grandma used to say, a blind man doesn't call us crazy for seeing, (laughs) Awesome. Now, Marjorie gave him a real smile. You want to know what I'm scared of? She asked, and he nodded. He had learned not to be surprised by how forthcoming she was, how she never gave in to small talk, just dove right into deep waters. That's a a great uh, double use, right? A double use, uh, two meanings there of deep waters. She's afraid of water. Sorry. He's afraid of water, and she dives right in. And here's this one, though. Fire, she said. He had heard the story of her father's scar in the first week of meeting Marjorie. Her answer didn't surprise him. My grandmother used to say we were born of a great fire. I wish I knew what she meant by that. You ever get back to Ghana? Oh, I've been busy with grad school and teaching and all of that. She paused and looked into the air, counting. I haven't been back since my grandmother died, actually. She gave me this, a family heirloom, I guess. Marjorie pointed to the necklace. So this, this is a wonderful part um, here where the water and the fire um, fears come up. And um, again, the lines are connected, but more important than just the lines of a family, but, but culture and fear and heart and struggle are connected here. Uh, they're moving past uh, the physical and past the appearance of things. They look alike. They have similar skin color, perhaps, or skin tones, maybe. Uh, but what really matters is what they're getting to now, right? And and Gassie has this really neat dialogue and exchange between these two and between the two lines that come together. And in what this chapter is made up of mostly is storytelling, right? They're connecting their stories to each other. Uh, they're connecting. They're they're making a connection to one another through story, um, because that's where that's where our, our real lives are communicated through our stories. On 296, let's jump over there. How could he explain to Marjorie that he wasn't supposed to be here, alive, free? That the fact that he had been born, that he wasn't in a jail cell somewhere, was not by dint of his pulling himself up by the bootstraps, not by hard work or belief in the American dream, but by mere chance. He had only heard tell of his great-grandpa H from Ma Willie. But those stories were enough to make him weep and to fill him with pride. Two-shovel H, they called him. But what do they call his father or his father before him? What of the mothers? They had been products of their time and walking in Birmingham now. Marcus was an accumulation of those times. That was the point. Instead of saying any of this, he said, you know why I'm scared of the ocean? She shook her head. It's not because I'm scared of drowning, though I guess I am. It's because of all that space. It's because everywhere I look, I see blue and I have no idea where it begins. When I'm out there, I say as I stay as close as I can to the sand because at least then I know where it ends. All right, so there's a lot going on here. Um, Marcus is kind of interesting claims about his life and about his place in life. That's interesting. Um, in some ways, uh, I suppose this could be seen as oversimplification. Um, did he work hard at Stanford? Did he work hard in high school to get grades to get into Stanford? Um, did H uh, his his grandfather work hard in the coal mines and achieve something important. Um, did 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 his the people in his family work hard to to push ahead and to give Marcus an opportunity? Um, I think that's probably the, the better point here, right? Um, I don't I don't I think but by him saying his belief in the American dream is throwing away some of some of what is precious that was was earned for him by those who were fighting on his behalf. Um, yeah, so I don't know if, I don't know if I agree with his claim there, which is interesting. Um, his success was not by dint of his pulling himself up by mere, ch- but by mere chance, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that's hard to believe, right? Um, this guy's an incredible scholar, uh, and his, and his family line is full of incredibly tough, hardworking, um, people who did not quit. And, uh, if they had quit, yeah. Then he would be dead. He wouldn't be there. But they didn't. They didn't quit. They fought through. They continued to to push and to work. I love you know his his grandmother Willie, who who always had the broom in her hands. Right? She worked her ass off. Um, why? To give the best of what she had to Sonny, and now Sonny is able to live and grow, and now he can at least give some of that to his son. Although he's very burdened by hatred, uh, but he but this young man here, Marcus, gets a lot of his strength from his grandmother. All right, so 298 then, if we move ahead. This is where the church was, the rubber band man said, pointing. It stands directly above the dungeons. You can walk around the upper level, go into that church, and never know what was going on underneath. In fact, many of the British soldiers married local women and their children, along with other local children, would go to school right here in this upper level. Other children would be sent to England for school, and they would come back to form an elite class. We know about that, right? That's that's Quay and his group of elite, of the elite class with lighter skin. Uh, next to him, Marjorie shifted her weight, and Marcus tried not to look at her. It was the way most people lived their lives on upper levels, not stopping to peer underneath. That's a that's a great comment, and and I wonder if if that's one of the key phrases we take away from this book itself, right? Um, do we take the time? Not only to look underneath, but to look around, to, to ask questions and find out what's going on around us, the people that are struggling around us. Or do we just kind of live our lives blindly, assuming everybody's fine, um, making assumptions about others that are unfair, or untrue? Um, or do we do we try to delve in deeper to uncover to uncover truths about others and to be able to support them in that? So the upper and lower reference here are reminiscent of Effia and Essie's early lives, obviously, too. Um, on 299, Marcus gets sick. And, um, and I wonder what you think of that. Why does Marcus get sick here? Something touches him from this place, especially as he walks where his own great, great, great grandmother was held captive. Something deep touches him and, and really deeply upsets him as a, uh, as is likely to do. Uh, This is a horrendous, horrifying story. And then finally, on 300, our final page. Interesting that uh, we have 300 pages exactly in this text, which is pretty cool. Um, We have this interesting transfer of the black stone. Uh, The last paragraph, he closed his eyes and walked in until the water met his calves. And then he held his breath, started to run, Run underwater. Soon waves crashed over his head and all around him. Water moved into his nose and stung his eyes. When he finally lifted his head up from the sea to cough, then breathed, he looked out at all the water before him, at the vast expanse of time and space. He could hear Marjorie laughing, and soon he laughed too. When he finally reached her, she was moving just enough to keep her head above water. The black stone necklace rested just below her collarbone, and Marcus watched the glints of gold come off it, shining in the sun. Here, Marjorie said, have it. She lifted the stone from her neck and placed it around Marcus's. Welcome home. Oh, I love that. He felt the stone hit his chest hard and hot. Before finding its way up to the surface again, he touched it, surprised by its weight. Marjorie splashed him suddenly, laughing loudly before swimming away toward the shore. Ah, oh, it's such a great, great um bit of writing there. Um, why is it significant? This is the question I'd love to ask you. I mean, we can talk about this next week. Why is it significant that she gives him the stone? Why is it significant that she gives him this stone? Um, I mean, one answer uh, is it, it's a return of the stone to Essie's line, right? A return of the stone to Essie's line. Essie lost her stone right here, right at this place, right on this shoreline. Going back to Ghana together, connects Mammy's split family lines and enables Marjorie and Marcus to face their inherited aversions, which is great, right? They both face their fears again. And that's, that's something that that I've mentioned before, but this text ends on an incredible victory, victory um, of the heroic individual, right? Who are able to rise Two right two individuals were able to rise above, um, what, which could very easily hold them down as victims, but they're able to rise and fly. Uh, this is, this is a pretty good flight imagery here as well. Swimming is a type of flight in a different substance. Um, and these two seem to be flying lifted above their fears, lifted above, um, these, these, uh, aversions, these fears they have of, of fire and water. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty awesome. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, and, and uh, hope you do well on the quiz. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.